the American cowboy, the hero of the Wild West, the shepherd, the hero of the Bible. On the surface, a cowboy and a shepherd look very similar, don't they? Both are rugged. Both make their home where the jackals prowl. Uh, Both work where the wild wolves howl. (laughs) Both make the roof, the sky, and the pastures they make their home. The cowboy and the shepherd. On the surface, they have many things in common. But as we dig a little bit deeper, we say that there are more differences than there are similarities. For example, the cowboy looks at his cows and he wrestles them, he brands them, he ropes them. The shepherd looks at his sheep and he feeds them, he cares them, and he anoints them. Why the difference? Why have we never seen a cowboy caressing a cow? We've never seen that. But why have we seen a shepherd embracing a sheep? Why the huge difference, finally, between a cowboy and a shepherd? That's because a cowboy leads the cow to slaughter. The shepherd leads the sheep to be shorn. The cowboy wants the meat of the cow. The shepherd wants the wool of the sheep. That's why the cowboy drives the cows and the cattle, but the shepherd leads and guides the sheep. The cowboy knows the names of all the trail hands, right? The shepherd, though, knows all the names of the sheep. Aren't you glad Jesus didn't say, I'm the good cowboy? Of course he didn't say that. Jesus said, I am the good shepherd. We launched into a six-week emphasis during this joyful Easter season on the Old Testament prophet Ezekiel. We're calling this series, All Things New. Uh, We'll look at a new covenant and a new glory, a new heart, a new river. We'll even look at a new city. But this Sunday, we look at the first gift in the book of Ezekiel. Uh, Not a new cowboy, right? No, we know a new shepherd. What a vivid painting this is, right, of the new shepherd. And wow, do we need a new shepherd. You don't need me again to remind you for the billionth time that the COVID-19 crisis has turned almost everything in our lives upside down and inside out. Take the economy, for example, right? In the last four weeks alone, over 22 million Americans have filed for unemployment. 22 million, that represents about 100 million people out there who are just 
scraping to get by. Uh, One economist said late last week that he won't be surprised if unemployment gets to 25% by the middle of this summer. 25%. That would match the numbers of unemployed people at the height of the Great Depression. We need a new shepherd. COVID-19 not only is taking a massive economic toll on all of us, it's also more pressingly taking an emotional toll on us. The New York Times published a letter from a woman in Pennsylvania last week. As she described how this whole experience is completely ravaging her emotional reserves. She feels like she's running on empty all the time. And I love this quote. She said, and I quote, I feel like my life is like my smartphone. All my apps are open all the time. I'm completely drained. We need a new shepherd. Not like the shepherds in Ezekiel's day. Ezekiel lived in the waning years of the 7th century B.C. and into the 6th century B.C. as well. And this is what the prophet Ezekiel says about the shepherds of his day. God tells him, prophesy against the shepherds of Israel. In the Old Testament, quite often, the word shepherd is synonymous with king. Get it? Shepherd equals king. King equals shepherd. So God is against the shepherds of Israel, the kings of Israel, especially the last four kings of Judah, Jehoahaz, Jehoiakim, Jehoiachin, and Zedekiah. What did these king shepherd leaders do? Verse 4 in Ezekiel 34. The weak you have not strengthened, the sick you have not healed, the injured you have not bound up, the strayed you have not brought back, the lost you have not sought, and with force and harshness you have ruled them. Jehoahaz, Jehoiakim, Jehoiachin, Zedekiah, they are all worthless shepherds and leaders of people. So what's God going to do? These old shepherds aren't tending the flock, so God says, I'll take things into my own hands. I myself will be the new shepherd. That's what we have in verses 11 through 15. This is my literal translation of Ezekiel's Hebrew. Behold, God says, I, I, I will seek. I will search for my sheep. I will search for my sheep. He says that twice in these verses. I'll rescue. I'll bring them. I'll gather them. I'll bring them. I'll shepherd them. And then he says, I'll shepherd them again. I myself will shepherd. I myself will cause them to lie down. If you count all the first-person references in these five verses, you come up with 17 first-person references. Uh, Can you get the heart of God in all of this? 
I myself, 17 times in five verses, God says, I will take matters into my own hands. I myself will be the new shepherd. And sheep need a shepherd, don't they? Sheep are so cute, (laughs) so lovely looking, so adorable, so cuddly. But sheep are walking glue sticks. A sheep wool is covered with something called lanolin. And lanolin coats the sheep's wool to keep them warm in cold weather. But lanolin also acts like glue. Making sheep wool one of the most powerful types of glue known to mankind. Every time sheep lie down, their lanolin-coated wool attracts dust, cockleburs, maggots, mud, you name it. Everything sticks to sheep. They're walking glue sticks. Everything sticks to us. All the negative, ugly, unbecoming stuff, it just sticks to us. Why is that? We're sheep. This COVID-19 experience is putting all kinds of labels on us. And they're sticking to us like glue. Labels like, not going to make it. That just sticks to us, right? We can't shake it. Labels like, I'm totally alone. Absolutely. There's no presence of God or Christ in my life. That's another label that just sticks to us like glue. Maybe you wake up every morning with this label, an emotional wreck. And now I need to face my spouse, my children, my job. I'm just an emotional wreck, like that woman in Pennsylvania. It's like your smartphone is on with the apps all the time. Maybe someone has actually labeled you with this. Impossible to live with, and yet there's nowhere to go. You're sheltering in place, but you walk around with that label, impossible to live with. Here's a label that I seem to wear a lot these days, complete mass, complete mass. And so we wear that label as well. And then, and then, as we look at the long-term impact of COVID-19, Hogtied to unhappiness. I'm just hogtied. I'm going to be unhappy for weeks, months, probably years. And so we're doing everything we can to get rid of these labels. Who wants to walk around with labels like that? I don't. Neither do you. Some are taking chemical vacations. 
Others are getting lost in the world of internet fantasy games. Still others are taking all of their frustration and anger and anxiety and pouring all of that on someone else. And none of that works. Because the next day, we still get up and we're still living the labels. It is a miserable existence. I've got fantastic news for you. I've got the best news you will ever hear in your life. There is a new shepherd who takes away all the ungodly, unbecoming, and ugly labels of our lives. John chapter 10, the good shepherd chapter in the Bible. John chapter 10 is the fulfillment of Ezekiel 34. Remember, 17 times, five verses, God said, I'm going to do it. Well, when does he do it? John chapter 10, the Lord removes the labels. Let's take a look. This new shepherd, of course, is good. Jesus reiterates that twice in John 10. I am the good shepherd. How good is Jesus? Oh, my. When I wander away, Jesus leaves the 99 and comes searching for me. When I get confused by the voices of demons and devils, he calls me by name and I know that voice. When I get lost in the lunacy of all of those labels, Jesus loves me and forgives me. Jesus gathers me into his arms, holds me till I can live with the hurt, and carries me close to his loving heart forever. This new shepherd, he is good. He is very, very, very good. The shepherd's giving. I lay down my life for the sheep. Four times... In this good shepherd chapter, four times, Jesus reiterates these words, I lay down my life for the sheep. That's the heart and center of John chapter 10, the fulfillment, of course, of Ezekiel 34. In fact, it's not only the heart of John 10 that the shepherd lays down his life for the sheep, is the heart of John's gospel. Already in John 1.29, John the Baptist sees Jesus and says, Behold the Lamb of God. If we miss it there, he says it again in John 1.36, Behold the Lamb of God. That's how giving this shepherd is. As a lamb, he lays down his life for the sheep. Let me run a few more numbers by you. John's gospel has 21 chapters. Palm Sunday is in chapter 12 of John. Good Friday rounds out chapter 19. That's 38% of the fourth gospel narrates just six days in the life of Jesus. 
These six days, Holy Week, where the shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. And as I said, he did it by becoming a lamb. Uh, John makes it clear that God has become man. The Word became flesh, John 1.14. But in that same vein, God became man. The shepherd became a lamb. Isaiah puts it this way in Isaiah 53.7. He, that is this good and giving shepherd, he was led like a lamb to the slaughter. And as a sheep before her shears is silent, so he didn't open his mouth. The shepherd became a butchered, slaughtered lamb. Let that sink in. And he did it. He did it for you to take away all of those unbecoming, ugly, sticky labels. Like, I'm no good. Like, I just dumped on my children again. Like, I'm a sorry excuse for a Christian. Isaiah 53, 6. The Lord laid on him the iniquity of us all. 2 Corinthians 5.21, he who had no sin became sin for us. 1 Peter 2.25, he himself bore our sins in his body on the tree to take away every stinking, sticky label, every single one. Northwest Airlines, flight 255, on August 16, 1987, took off from Metro Detroit and crashed. 155 people died on Northwest 225. Only one survived, a little four-year-old girl named Cecilia. Uh, Rescuers found Cecilia, and and she was pretty much intact. In fact, she was looking so good, this little four-year-old girl, that rescuers believed that, that she was in one of the cars that the airplane slammed into. No, no, Cecilia's name was on the passenger list. Several days later, rescuers discovered what had happened to little Cecilia. Her mother wrapped her in her arms to shield her from the force of the crash. And in doing so, Cecilia's mother gave up her life. Here's a picture of Cecilia then and Cecilia today. I don't blame her. I'd probably get a tattoo of a Airplane on my left wrist too. (laughs) Jesus has done the same thing for us. Jesus has wrapped himself around us 
with divine mercy to shelter us from the force of the crash. The crash, of course, is that the Father, in laying all our labels and sin and rebellion and stubbornness upon the spotless Lamb of God, Jesus also took all the divine wrath and punishment. Talk about the force of a crash. And when Jesus did that, what did he say at the end? It's a work in progress. It's begun. It's initiated. No, you know that. John 19, verse 30. Jesus says, it is finished. Salvation is complete. It's done. We can't add to it. We can't subtract. We can't divide. We can't multiply. It is finished. Can it get any better than that? Yes, it can. Yes, it can. Yes, it does. This new shepherd, God himself, taking matters into his own hands, he's not only good and giving, he's gracious. John 10, 16. I have other sheep. That's us. That's us. We're the other sheep, right? We're not the people listening to the good shepherd discourse in John 10. We're the other sheep. We're not part of the fold yet. Jesus says, I must bring them also. You're the them. I'm the them. All believers are the them. And they, that's they, that's us, will listen to my voice. And his voice is a gracious voice. Listen to what Jesus says. I not only take away all of those sticky, lackluster labels you put on yourself and other people put on you, I clothe you in my perfect righteousness. That's the gracious speaking voice of Jesus. How does Jesus clothe us in his righteousness? Holy baptism. Galatians chapter 3, verse 27. All who have been baptized into Christ have put on Christ. When the Father looks at us, he now sees Jesus. Uh, We, the believing baptized, have put on Christ. When the Father sees us, he sees Jesus. When the Father sees us, he doesn't see all of these ugly labels. He sees Jesus. Consider the gifts in holy baptism. Colossians 2.10. We are now complete, complete, not lacking anything. Complete. Romans 8 verse 1. We are no longer condemned. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 17, we are God's temple. Ephesians 2, 10, we are God's workmanship. Workmanship. Uh, Paul's word there in Ephesians chapter 2, 10, in Greek is poema. Poema, that's where we get the English word poem. You're a poem. You're a masterpiece. You're an exquisite, beautiful work of art. But the best title the Bible gives us is sheep. 
We're called sheep 13 times in John chapter 10. 13 times. How do you like that outfit? (laughs) It means that we can get rid of all these labels. Labels, I'm a mess, hogtied to unhappiness. We can get rid of all these now. We we really can't. I'm not just preaching here. This is reality. We can get rid of all of these. We can blow them up with dynamite. We can torch them and put them on fire. But both of those would burn down the church, so let's not do that. Instead, we take these and we shove them into a garbage can. And we shove them down really hard so they're not seen anymore, (laughs) pretty much. Because we're sheep. Sheep that have emblazoned upon their hearts four of the best Hebrew words in the Bible. Yahweh, Roe, Loixar. <laughs> We're sheep who have emblazoned upon our hearts forever those four Hebrew words that are nine words in English. What would those be? The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. 